When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pod save the queen! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen. I'm your host Anne Gripper and we've got a lot to talk about today. The royal baby is not here just yet but there are some big plans for Harry and Meghan, possibly with Africa on the horizon and uh, some birthdays to talk about as well with the Queen celebrating at Easter with her family and those lovely pictures of Prince Louis and then there's a state visit to look forward to in the summer. Um, our, regu- our regular listeners, I'm sure, will be happy to welcome back our Royal Editor, Russell Myers. Hello. And Style Director, Amber Grafland. Hello. I gave them a couple of weeks off while I chatted with um, body language expert, yeah. Judy James, and uh, Victoria writer, Daisy Goodwin. So they, that was very fun, talking to those yeah, lovely ladies. Great. But lovely to have you two back Hello. again. Good uh, to be back. And lots to talk about. So... No baby news as such. Still waiting for the royal baby. Yes, We're we sort are. of on baby watch, but it's a bit different this yeah, time. Yeah, it's really different. Well, my phone is glued to my hip. I'm waiting for it to either go off or vibrate. And uh, we, we get a, an announcement when the Duchess of Sussex is in labour. Um, and then it will really start. But yeah, it's it's very different this time because there's no sort of feverish activity outside the Lindo wing, which would definitely have started by now. Um, I think Megan is due this week. I know she said that uh, when they were in Birkenhead uh, a few months ago that she was due sort of end of April, early May. But as I understand it, she was due this week. So we are really on the countdown now. But they've chosen not to have a Lindo wing moment, no st- on the steps moment sort of, you know, uh, rather controversially or not controversially, breaking with a tradition or not a tradition for the last 49 uh, years, I think it was. So it was uh, Princess Michael of Kent was the first to do a sort of on-the-steps moment, and it's been followed by several royal women ever since. And now Meghan has decided that, uh, well, and Harry have decided, well, that's not for them. And um, and it's uh, yeah, it's definitely been reports that she's she's favouring a home birth, which would definitely fit into her sort of character, character wouldn't it? We talked about it a bit last time we were together, you know, would they choose to do things more privately because they are in some aspects of their royal lives coming over as a bit more family life and protected yeah. and they have a different role within the royal family. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah th- there's that argument definitely, isn't there, that um, yeah, as their child will be so far removed from the throne, not a direct heir as it were, um, you, know, you wouldn't as- assume. So... They they don't necessarily have to conform to those sort of um, ideals that um, Kate Kate had to of doing the the steps moment. And I think when people um, certainly people um, men and women that I've spoke, spoken to that the fact that she came out on the steps about seven hours after giving birth. I think that when you start to think about that moment, uh, that there is that pressure to do that. 
um, then definitely Megan and Harry thought, well, that's not for us because we don't have to do it. So Just fair enough. Take the pressure. Yeah, I mean, off I've a been a sort bit. of, fli- you know, I've, I've had f- differing views on it. Really, I mean, I did think, well, you know, it is a. P- it's a part of British folklore almost now that it, lots of people go down to Lindo Wing, have the Royal Watchers or the, the world's pr- media are there. It's become this sort of big moment. Um, you know, there's live TV 24 hours a day waiting for news. And they've sort of um, chosen not to go down that route. So whether the Royal Watchers and you know, arguably people in the media possibly feel a bit cheated by it, but... You know, listen, at the end of the day, it's their prerogative, isn't it? So we wish them well, and hopefully the birth is all uh, well when it happens. And then they'll pro- they're going to do a photo call probably a couple of days afterwards. And I imagine that will be at sort of you know, Frogmore Cottage, Winter Castle Way. So, so until that time, all the all the media are going to be camped out at long, on the long walk in the next few hours. Yeah, I so imagine. What is the plan as you understand it? So the plan is for all the sort of broadcasters and reporters, no need for photographers because they can't actually see anything, but for all the broadcasters to be doing those live moment pieces, they're going to be on the long walk outside Windsor Castle, all pitched up with the Windsor Castle in the background to give them actually something to, you know, talk into a lens with and, and to just say, yeah, we're still here, we're waiting. I mean, this could go on for days because they will actually, um, I think they're going to, you know, th- th- there'll be a time frame when they announce that Megan has gone into labour, but they won't be ringing people at three in the morning. So if she does ha- go into labour and have the baby overnight, we'll, we may even get an announcement at seven o'clock in the morning that, oh, she's had the baby. So... I mean, but who knows what is going to yes. happen? Is people are asking me, what do you think is going to happen? I thought my original date that I had was what date are we on? Is it twenty fifth to the twenty fourth tomorrow? I said it was going to be Thursday the twenty fifth. <gasps> okay. You're going to be right. You know these things. I mean, I should have asked psychic cat. I know. So I was going <laughs> to say. I mean, you, you mentioned that there's there's no you know there's not the sort of craze of people outside the Lindo Wing being all excited for the reporters to talk to yeah. and fill the. I imagine they'll find their way to Windsor. I mean, these I people in Union so. jacksuits are definitely going to find their way there. So you know the rolling news or whatever, and the general excitement of of the fun of it and. The psychic cat yes. and the psychic expa- asparagus, all sorts. Tell us, tell us what you've seen. So about the there are a range of um, you know, exuberant people who are or, <laughs> or animals who are predicting various, you know, whether it's going to be a boy, a girl, twins. I was even thinking today about how we're getting emails every morning from the bookies giving us a list of names i mean literally it's like you might as well do a tombola picking them out of a hat Um, grace was the one that i saw today grace was today elizabeth was last week four to one it's drastically reduced after a flurry of bets i mean and we must um we must correct ourselves because a listener um replied to us last time around we totally forgotten that francis Francis, yeah good shout princess diana's middle name i know that's my bad probably I, i totally forgot yeah so that was that that's a really good shout actually whether Francis is going to and that's probably why the odds have been shortened about it because it was Princess Diana's middle name so maybe that will feature I mean that's as and it's a know, bit less pressure than calling a child Diana, Diana or even having it in the middle name so um, especially if it's a boy I suppose but uh, we are in 2019 Mul- multi-purpose so. Francis could um, go so yes yeah, so, uh, d- there was on British television there has been a psychic cat where they put out cat food I think or m- 
Yeah. Well, on the boy side the of the girl. Milk? Fine, psychic cat. I don't know. I mean, well, they did too good. <laughs> Come on. Well, it's n- it's never been psychic. wrong. This is the thing they've done. Uh, I think they've done stuff with the World Cup. There was definitely that octopus at the World Cup, wasn't it's it? Never and got been it. wrong. The psychic cat has never been wrong, and psychic cat said it was going to be a girl. Okay, I'm interested now. So then right. I've been, you know, so. Uh, fighting Psychic Cat's corner, and I think it's going to be a girl. Can we make Psychic Cat fix fix Brexit, please? I mean, it, uh, this uh, well, maybe we'll get the asparagus woman in because she. <laughs> I think we should get the Psychic Cat in <laughs> with asparagus. Woman <laughs> we do a live podcast, we do a video cast. <laughs> yep. So again, on um, British television yesterday, there was a woman who says that she has predicted royal babies, royal weddings, sex of royal babies' birth. She's even predicted natural disasters. She said, "I mean, she didn't." go on to explain what natural disasters she's she's spoken about or predicted but her thing is grabbing a load of fresh asparagus throwing it up in the air and it landing on this sort of bronze massive plate and then by that she can tell well she can predict things can i just say to any (laughs) non-british listeners we do have serious things on this television as well yeah yeah it sounds like we're completely mad prime time i can assure you and it yeah so anyway she she said it was going to be twins so she's reading it like tea leaves, essentially. I mean, God knows what she's doing, but uh, she's uh, she said it's going to be twins, and I mean, I sort of on the floor laughing by this point. So <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Russell has possibly tweeted the video, so you may be yeah, able to watch it. Yeah, you can have a look it. at it. I did, it I did might tweet be, it. Yeah. It might be geography restricted, yeah, yeah. but yeah. do have a look at it if you can. Um, so, yes. Oh, dear. How, <laughs> how do you, you how follow do that? How know, do you yeah. follow psychic asparagus? Well... In the meantime, while we're waiting for the royal baby to appear, we're yeah. starting to, you know, there are other stories coming out about what might happen afterwards, like how long Meghan may or may not have maternity leave for, potentially quite short, and then what they might do as a couple yes. afterwards, and a big plan for Africa. Yeah, so that was a, yeah, a story today saying that she's going to take three months. I I, I mean, I'd, I'd been told it was between three and six, you know, she's going to see how she goes. I mean, she's definitely going to be working in that period of time because she's taken on these patronages. She's really involved with those charities and I don't think she'll be able to sit still. She's pretty, um, pretty impressive as it is. But this story emerged at the weekend and it's a fantastic scoop um, from Sunday Times that they said that Harry and Meghan are speaking really seriously about a move to Africa. Now, that's sort of uh, the, the palace of sort of um, aids or sources have sort of ridden, ridden back from that little bat bit but as I understand it now they are seriously looking at sort of a secondment stroke placement in several African countries over the next couple of two or three years Um, whether that means they'll move for three four months to a certain place as it was explained to me it's sort of boots on the ground and this is very sort of um, you know Megan's really the driving force behind it uh, with Harry. It's an extraordinary story. Oh it's unbelievable and I think you know as 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 they see their role, I mean, they, they've got to create a role for themselves, haven't they? They got you got Williams definitely got his role. He's going to be Prince of Wales, and he's going to be king one day, and he's becoming much more statesmanlike. But then this leaves a kind of void for Harry and Meghan, um, and you know she's probably the perfect fit for it, isn't she? She's done stuff with the UN before. There's a video that was floated around with new video we hadn't seen before, but it was probably back in 2017, I think, um, almost 16, of her working with World Vision Charity, where she was in India. So she's she's very impressive. She's done all this stuff on the global stage before. So I don't think it would deter her in any uh, 
fraction to 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 move to uh, a different country and to especially with the Commonwealth with their roles um, and Harry's very senior role within the Commonwealth. So watch this space. I mean, it's it's definitely being talked about very seriously. Uh, Botswana. South Africa are probably the main two um, candidates for for where they would move to, and then they would actually use that as a base to then go and work in different countries all over the Commonwealth. So Harry's had a bit of a love affair with Africa. Absolutely, he's yeah. gap year in in Africa. Yeah. He's got his Centre Barley charity. He and Megan holidayed in Namibia. Yes. twice I think. Um, and then yeah, so I mean he's I mean he's been to Lesotho. He's he's, he's he did that. He's, he's gap year uh, there, and he's spoken about Botswana being his second home. So he's absolutely in love with it, and and he's not been shy about saying that he'd one day lo- love to live there. So I think this is a perfect marriage of of all of it. And then you've got you know people like um, Megan speaking to people like Oprah Winfrey, who was a big advocate of going to places and actually being seen to find out what the problems are rather than in and out on a royal tour or a visit and then sort of speaking about it from afar. So I I think it's, um, you know, there's a lot of different elements coming into play here. So I think it's going to, they'll see out the next six months, they'll probably get to the end of the year, then there'll be probably a lot more discussions about it and we'll probably find out a bit, have a bit more clarity about the actual concrete plans towards the end of the year, turn of the year probably. It would certainly be very... In, like interesting and different and something you know a total departure for Absolutely. the royal family really. But, but the, the, the thing is right so they've launched this record-breaking instagram page probably got five million followers now so it's, it's over five for kensington palace so so, so which will and undoubtedly it will overtake kensington i mean I, I imagine but their reach is phenomenal at the moment and the actual uh, i commented on it in, in the paper the other day about the, the actual phrase that was used to me is how do you harness the power of two the, or individuals who have such a global reach and they you know these these two people who are going to be iconic in the next you know 10 20 30 years of their lives maybe even longer i mean you know there's plenty of roles who go and working to their 80s and 90s well look at the queen so they have to forge something that they are going to leave a lasting legacy over the next you know, half a century. And with the reach that they are now creating on social media, they don't necessarily need a worldwide press pack to come with them on all the jobs. I mean, undoubtedly, we, can, we have so many more avenues than just an Instagram post. But if they are there for, let's say, let's say they go for three, four months, well, they might do certain projects or the, the, you know, the it, parts of projects where they do invite the world's media to it and say listen this is what we've been working on for x amount of weeks and th- here's the big show but they'll be able to feed it out on their instagram page and, and have a and have a huge global reach and i'm sure that's what they're looking towards whilst being away from you know the the sort of bubble that operates within the royal family in england so but does that kind of pose a bit of a threat i mean the whole idea of them taking a place on a global stage, which they, they kind of already have, but it's kind of taking it up a level. How does that work fitting with the relationship with with um, William and Kate? How does that then work? Well, I think, you know, the, the, the two, they will definitely just have different um, roles to play. I mean, you'll definitely see William. I, I always heart back, and maybe because it was one of my first jobs, but I do think 
it was a real pivotal moment of what we're going to see in the next quarter half century because when William went to the Middle East and he was speaking with presidents and prime ministers he you know that that is something that he's going to f- have to forge his own path with so prince of wales and then be king and that was the start of 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 the next several decades whereas harry's nef- not necessarily going to be a statesman and so they have a, a lot more um movability to 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 forge their own path doing charity work and to be this role with the commonwealth and you know who knows after brexit but the commonwealth is going to probably be one of our biggest trading partners over the next several decades so no doubt it will be using this soft diplomacy of harry and Meghan to visit all these places i mean one of the options was that they just travel around being um in, um, work, working for the government essentially working for the foreign office on sort of a soft diplomacy Brexit level but that was sort of pushed out because it was too you know necessarily complicated with the uh, uh, what's happening in government but no doubt they'll, they'll be doing it throughout the Commonwealth. You mentioned Oprah Winfrey yeah during the course of explaining Africa but there's another Oprah Winfrey project that has come up since we last talked yes. as well that, again around mental health and one that Prince Harry seems yeah, to be Yeah, I mean, this, this is exactly the sort of players that they're mixing with now, right? So you've not only got um, George and Amal Clooney, huge on the global stage, Amal, an amazing human rights lawyer, um, you know, George, a huge advocate of um, charitable organisations all around the world. Then you've got Oprah Winfrey, uh, you know, the queen of TV, huge global reach, working with people like Apple now. Um, and so that's definitely... W- that's a harking back to that harry and oprah are going to do an eight-part series on paid for apple tv all about global mental health and what it uh, this sort of the challenges facing young people today and how um all the you know all the issues that they that they face so with them mixing in those circles it's undoubtedly that they're going to be on a different level to william and kate william and kate will have to um, fly a different fa- flag for the royal family and be and be a bit more statesmanlike. I don't see that they're going to be necessarily rubbing shoulders with celebrities because they're going to be doing it for real with presidents and um, and world leaders. But those those celebrities in that set, the the Clooney's, Oprah, they are people who don't kind of stand by and let stuff happen around them. They are outspoken on politics sure. and issues and that kind of thing. And that is not something traditionally. It's something that the royal family has been fairly careful about, about how closely it engages with things. Um, certainly issues, OK, politics, not Absolutely. so much. Does Do you feel like Harry and Meghan are going to be those more outspoken, engaged people? I, I think so. I th- I, and, and, you know, with, with how, how amazing that potentially could be, it, or it poses an awful lot of problems as well because let's, if they were to be commenting on things where, um, you know, let's say, human rights issues, but then William is meeting world leaders who, you know, like China, for instance, who have huge human rights issues that William necessarily can't speak about, but William, uh, but, but Harry and Meghan are, then that's going to cause even, you know, uh, uh, big divisions within the royal family. And and even d- down to the, the very base level that Harry potentially needs to mind what he says sometimes because, you know, this happened a couple of weeks ago when on one hand he's speaking to a load of um, teeny poppers about the dangers of social media and, you know, stay off social media. And then the next, um, you know, it could be very harmful for your health. And then the next breath he's launching a, a world record 
Instagram page where they're posting all their pictures and so it's use, it's being used as a massive vehicle for them to spread their message. So there's sort of um, uh, difficulties in, in measuring that. I think it, he's, they're really going to have to learn and learn very quickly. Well, it's going to be interesting to watch how it how it all because unfolds. You don't, you, essentially, you don't you don't want to become a hypocrite. I mean, they're, 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 these two people are you know, they have this global reach, but they do need to be quite careful about how it's managed and not be going too rogue as well. I oh, think because at the moment they have a lot of integrity. Everybody can see that Absolutely. they really do feel passionate about their causes, and that if once you lose that or once you jeopardise that, then you're kind of in uncharted territory, aren't you? Very much so. So yeah, there's a l- there's going to be a lot of decisions for them to make on a, l- a lot of different things. But very exciting happening, yeah. But um, the royal family did get together on Sunday. We had a busy weekend. Or Easter Sunday we and the Queen's birthday as well. Were you down at Were you down at Windsor for that? I wasn't. Were you, you were eating Easter eggs at home. I was eating a lot Excellent. of Easter eggs. <laughs> Excellent. That you know, like I was swapping the alcohol for for Easter eggs because I was ready to drive to Windsor at any moment. Um, so yeah, it was, we had a lovely weekend. It was typical British weather. Uh, so it was the hot, hottest week weekend for Easter ever. Weather reference, it pod save the queen. Amazing. You know you love them. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so the um, Queen's birthday is obviously April twenty first, but this year it fell on Easter Sunday, so it was double whammy. And we had a lot of members of the royal family in Windsor at St George's Chapel for Easter service. Yep. Harry was there. Harry was Meghan there. Meghan was not. He made the short walk uh, from Frogmore over to the St George's Chapel where they were married, but Meghan was um, with probably with her mum because Doria has been in the country for, gosh, about eight days now. So okay. she's been probably practising yoga at Frogmore Cottage in the brand new house, and she's ready to pop at any moment. So we did see Harry. Uh, William and Kate were there. Zara and Mike Tyndall were there. The Duke of York. Uh, and Beatrice was Beatrice there. Beatrice was yeah. there. I didn't see Eugenie, actually. No, Eugenie wasn't. No. She went to the Maundy Thursday service with... Um, ah, she did. Yeah, yeah. That was really said. nice, actually. So there's an, uh, a tradition where the Queen hands out Maundy money, and it was to well, 93 men and 93 women, pensioners, who have been ref- uh, recommended by the local clergy. It's, it's going back like 600 years, This that the monarch hands out this money. And they used to wash the people's feet, but I don't think Her Majesty was doing that. No, not that's so much. I'm not sure I'd want anybody to wash my feet anyway, unless, not unless <laughs> I was down having a nice pedicure <laughs> at the beautician. The queen, I mean... Um, Peter and Orton Phillips, they were there as well. Yes. And the Wessexes were there. Lady Louise, she looks like she's just about as tall as her mum now as well. Now she's 15. So they were looking very splendid in some form. matchy I thought. Yeah, they looked very at nice. At first, I thought the dresses were the same print, but they weren't. They weren't? Okay. No. Who, who, who stood out in the uh, well-dressed... Well, oh, hang on. I need to ask Russell an important question first. Oh, yeah. Don't what, ask him about what, fashion, Anne. I was going to ask him. Please. What colour was the Queen wearing, Russell, would you reckon? At the... Uh, on Easter. Or am I testing your memories? as much as your colour testing I'm going I'm going mint green and fuchsia oh come on yellow Uh, surely no it wasn't it was mint green and fuchsia (laughs) (laughs) yellow on yellow on Monday Thursday I think sunshine but um and Kate was in ice ice blue McQueen I would say teal Teal. That's oh. it's <laughs> just threw that, that just out d- there. That you read that off somewhere. No, I've just looked at it. Come on with teal no, yourself. No, it's that's teal to me. <laughs> it's it, mint. Teal is one of the colours that Russell has learned since he's been a royal <laughs> correspondent. Teal, teal is much darker than that. Oh, if, if anybody wants to send um, pictures mint. of outfits to Russell on Twitter, he's at RJ Myers, oh, and yeah. I'm sure you would be able to help with his if education. If someone wants to let him know what teal um, is, that who, would be helpful. <laughs> who did you think looked well-dressed? Well, I think the fact that they were so colour-coordinated was very impressive. I always wonder if, if a message goes out, this is what Kate's wearing, match her 
otherwise you're in trouble. <laughs> um, they all looked, um, obviously, a lot of dress coats. Um, Kate, and I've got, I've got to say, because I know it really irritates everyone, it irritates Russell's wearing a recycled <laughs> Alexander yeah, McQueen coat. Life. I issued she'd worn it before, in 2014. How much was the coat? Several thousand, Well, I it imagine. would have been bespoke, but yeah, it definitely would have been a couple of thousand pounds. It definitely. is a good one. It's, it's very a good nice. One, and she likes that style. She has several coats in that are exactly the same with different colours. It works for her. Um, I thought Zara looked great. I'm not sure whether... Um, she was wearing a dress, a kind of cream dress coat. I'm not sure where it was from, but she had a very fabulous hat on by Sarah Kant. Um, and actually, Beatrice looked very pretty. She was wearing an, an embellished dress by a designer called... And if I say this wrong, then I'm really, really sorry, Claire. Claire Mishivani. I thought she looked very pretty. So they, I think they all looked great. But I think the fact that they were so colour-coordinated made it so yeah. impressive. I thought Beatrice's hair looked particularly fabulous, just embracing the red hair. Sort of yeah, she actually looked the, the most glamorous thing. out of everyone, actually. Yeah. Mm. Um, no Prince Philip, he was having a rest as well. He is now the third longest-lived member of the royal family in history. So she, he has definitely been serving his views. And he is the oldest descendant of Queen Victoria. Well, there you go. There you go. Little fun factoids mm. for you to mm. throw into your uh, <laughs> your uh, pub quizzes, um, and so we didn't see the little Cambridges there. They weren't no. there, but we did see lovely photos of Prince Louis on his birthday, looking very cute, uh, looking so much like Big Brother George. I thought very much so. I think there's parts of both of the other children in them, and then there's it was holding up this picture of um, Kate when she was a baby. It really looked like her. So. Definitely, Anyone his parents' would think child. family. I mean. <laughs> 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 and he's got that classic sort of very royal he haircut, did, did, the little yeah. like sweepy little comb sweep. over. Yeah, uh, these were great photos. So they were taken by the Duchess of Cambridge herself. So she's actually um, she was well, just taking photos of the other children on their birthdays. As yeah, well, it's so. become a tradition. Really, yeah, isn't they're it? really so cool. Taken up at rough and tumble, covered in moss in the garden and and hall. Um, and they, I know I was speaking to a couple of the photographers here and they were saying they were actually pretty impressive because it's quite hard to shoot that kind of portrait, especially for a little wriggly one-year-old. So hats off to Kate. Oh, well. Have you got any jobs going at the mirror on the uh, <laughs> staff photographers? <laughs> Get Kate in for some extra portraits. But, um, and but he was wearing some very cute little um, outfits. did look really cute. Obviously, Kate was a big fan of a Peter Pan collar for her children. So he's wearing a little romper. And the whole outfit was from... Anyone who lives in London would have heard of a shop called Trotter's, which is on the King's Road. It's a bit of a slowly destination, really, for mums. I'm going like to put my by quite prim and proper outfits. I have to say, my mother-in-law did deck my children out head-to-toe in trotters for the first two years. Amazing. And then I kind of had to put a stop to it because they didn't really want to wear little puppies on their jumpers anymore, understandably, at a certain age. But it's a, it's a very famous shop. It's renowned for selling kind of quite smart upmarket children's clothes. But the whole lot of... I love the way that it had been priced up within seconds. The whole outfit came to £82. Which is... Not a lot for Kate, but quite a lot for a small child. Mm. Yeah, I think it's because the jumper was £35. That's quite expensive for a kid's jumper, but he did look very cute, and it was his first birthday. Quality stuff. Yeah, got to look nice for your portraits. Um, One thing we forgot to talk about earlier when we were talking about Harry and Meghan is um, the potential of who might look after their baby. Yes. So this was a big exclusive we had last week, that they have uh, instructed an exclusive agency in London to find them a nanny... And drum roll, please. We they've <laughs> been asking. Uh, f- they don't care whether it's a male or a female, so we could have a manny for the first right. time. And Megan has also uh, said that she would prefer an American over a Brit. 
which has caused a lot of excitement over the pond that they could, I imagine they think that every nanny is like Mary Poppins. And they definitely when they saw the sort of, the Cambridges have a Norland nanny, this yeah. sort of uniformed, um, sort of wearing the, 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 the brown, how would you even describe that? Someone said it was something sleeve. They look a bit like so nurses, really. Yes. It's quite yeah. a matronly outfit. And like yeah. a very proper hat. They kind of look like they're from the 19... 19- yeah, tens it's, it's or something. So, yeah. so the Nor- Norland College is a an exclusive college in Bath, which is in the west of England, that you have to go and attend. And they had their first two male nannies graduate last year. Oh yes, I remember seeing the picture. So they oh, have, a, they they have a few guys. They wear sort of brown uh, jacket, tie, white shirt, and brown trousers. It's very uninspiring to be honest. But, but quite smart. It's very smart. So they have there. There are nannies there. Um, but you can't be an American and go to Norland. You Why not? It's only EU and Swiss um, candidates wow. or graduates from there. So, hence why, I mean, as it was as said to me, that Megan wanted the nanny to be a member of the family and not a uniformed member of staff. So, that does definitely open the, the gates somewhat and that this agency uh, specialises in finding not only Norland nannies but also bilingual international um, nannies, so watch this space. Oh, the Americans very were very excited about it. And I think uh, there's some other jobs going at Buckingham Palace, I think, at the moment. I think there's an advert for a gardener in yes. the house as well, so you don't yes. have to go look after the children if you got, want to go work You can live queen. at Buckingham Palace. It's for about £18,000, which is, what, about $23,000, You can and you get to live in Buckingham Palace. So there's probably worse jobs. It's not a lot. It's not a lot for living in London. It's but if not. you get your accommodation, then that's probably worth a fair to amount. Say me, to say that you know it's not a lot of money, and I do agree. Yeah. So maybe we'll have a campaign to get the the weedy <laughs> the wage wages up. Yeah. <laughs> the weedy wages. Um, digging in the garden at the weekend, though, I did some of that, and it was very nice. Was so perfect, being the queen, perfect weather for it. If I haven't mentioned, if we haven't mentioned already, so we are. Um, I think we're, our time is up. We are. We will go back to sitting by Russell's phone, waiting for yeah. the phone call about whether or not Megan's had the baby yet. I'm going to throw some asparagus around and just see what happens. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Gosh, think of the possibilities. Yes. So we'll be back very soon, either with some royal baby news or more crazy ways to predict what kind of royal baby there is or indeed the latest uh, royal goings on. Thank you very much for listening. Do give us a review if you get a moment on iTunes. And until next time... Pod save the Queen! 